The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking time to join us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, depending on what side of the coast you're on, talking about the sport of kings. Nine days and counting to Kentucky Derby 135. You can hold your breath from here. Nine days and counting. The preps are all loaded, and now it is time to pay heed to how they are shipped and who is taking to the track with works. Works over the Churchill surface are very important. Pay attention when you're reading this week how they school, when they school. This is the time when everybody becomes a race fan, especially this one day of the year. But for you players out there, pay attention. Every little detail means everything. Not to mention there's going to be 20 bursting out of a gate in front of bejoodles of people. So pay attention when they actually go to school. That means taking them to the paddock, so they're kind of familiar with the surroundings, how they're working on the track and especially our friends that have been working on the synthetic surfaces, poly, pro-ride, etc., how they are taking to the track. Very important. Very important. A little side note here. I loved playing contests. I think I've talked about that, and Winning Bunnies actually sent me out to the Horse Player World Series. But the thing for me is traveling, and I'm, I'm entrenched in the middle of a, of a race meet now, and I found a great tournament site for horse players, and that's horseplayerqualified.com. They offer many different types of contests and even offer a tour of champions. That's right. The top three, their sense of the Horse Player World Series, everything paid for. I mean, they can play for upwards to a million dollars out there at the Orleans. What a contest it is. And the top ten get paid cash. They have the best part that I can say is I can play from home or, or work. Don't tell my boss. I play from home or work. And I called in this week to ensure, inquire, be ready. I like to, like to make sure all my ducks are in a row about a contest. I'm actually going to be playing this Sunday. I got lucky enough. I finished seventh. I qualified for a contest. They didn't treat me like a number. We chatted for over half an hour. A half an hour, and they're talking to me. Great site, solid contest, superior customer service. Give them a look over. It's horseplayerqualified.com, and that's from one horse player to another. It's a whole lot of fun, and I can play from home and or work. Hope the boss is not listening. 
What's happening tonight? Recap of last week. That's about the final week you're going to see before Derby Fever actually explodes. We're going to talk about the biggins. News from the wide, 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 wide world of racing. This week's special guest, the king of Chicago racing, winner of over 5,000 races, the Gid Man, Mr. Mark Gidry. Cajun gentleman, I should say. Dangerous Dan and his weekend plan. This guy, he can light him up sometimes. More than not. And the final furlong handicapping for the weekend with yours truly. So we are going to kick it off. We're going to be talking about recapping last week. Advice surge from last, last, after a half mile to win Saturday's $300,000 Cool More Lexington stakes at Keeneland, adding perhaps the final piece of the puzzle for the May 2nd Kentucky Derby after trailing the field. The Florida-bred son of Chapel Royale swung to the outside and ran by the field, drawing clear at the end to win by a length of her fellow long-shot conservative, Square Eddie, runner-up in last year's fall. Breeders' Cup Juvenile returned from an injury to finish third as the favorite one length behind conservative. Advice owned by Windstar Farm. Boy, are they hot. And trained by Todd Pletcher, and this guy doesn't fool around, ran the mile and the 16th. That's right, that's the short finish line, and he came from dead last. On the all-weather track in 143-1 and one under Garrett Gomez. Advice is the third win-star contender for the Kentucky Derby. The others hold me back, finished second to general quarters in last week's Toyota Bluegrass. And Mr. Hot Stuff finished third in the Santa Anita Derby. The best previous finish for advice was a third-place effort in last fall's Arlington, Washington, Virginia at Arlington Park, where disqualification moved him up to second. Pleasure speaking from Florida said advice is still kind of putting it all together. Thought he was a touch green when he made the lead, and he showed a lot of ability. Congratulations goes out to advice. Also, if you were looking for a prep, Square Eddie swung by and made an arazi like move. A mile and a 16th, there are two finish lines at Keeneland. Mile and a 16th is a short finish, and the rest, no matter what distance, finish at the longer and he made an Arazi-like move. They have to run into the turn and start closing and actually came up just a little bit tired. He broke in the air in Saturday's race and put on a big run to turn in, taking the lead before tiring. According to Edgar Prado, he just didn't get lucky today. He broke a little flat-footed. He made a move, go wide, and he didn't want to wait for something to open up on the inside. He made a great run and was really trying hard. He remains a derby contender Based on his career earnings and trainer Doug O'Neill said he was very proud of Square Eddie's effort with a cream break. I think he's right there. Doug O'Neill, I agree with you. I saw the race, and I saw what was going on. A Keeneland parading drew off in the stretch to win Sunday's $150,000. Ben Ali stakes by seven and a half lengths over your round. Impressive finish there. Hawthorne, swift temper, set the early pace. And Saturday's $200,000 60 sales turned back a bid from quick notice and then wins by a head over the favorite. California Invader Santa Terrorista, ridden by Go Go Joe Talamo. Swift Temper, congratulations. Santa Terrorista had your number and you, you turned the tables. According to BloodHorse.com and the rest of the world, Baffert, Maple, and Elliott to the Hall of Fame. 
Hall of Fame, please. Trainer Bob Baffert, one of the best fillies he ever trained, Silver Bullet Day, along with jockey Eddie Maple and steeplechase trainer Janet Elliott, are among the latest additions to the National Museum of Racing's Hall of Fame. Baffert's election came on the first year in which his name was on the ballot. Silver Bullet Day was elected in the contemporary female horse category. The other finalist for the trainer was Bob Wheeler, and the other female horse finalist were Open Mind and Sky Beauty. In the jockey category, Eddie Maple was elected over Randy Romero and Alex Solis. Very heady company indeed. Baffert, Maple, Silver Bullet Day, and Tisnow were elected in the contemporary categories by the 181 members of the Hall of Fame's voting panel. The 2009 Hall of Fame induction ceremony will take place Friday, August 14th at the Fezzik Tempted Sales Pavilion in Saratoga Springs. Baffert and Silver Bullet Day are the first trainer-horse combination to be inducted in the same year since Neil Drysdale and A.P. Indy entered the Hall of Fame together in 2000. I was reading this week, and I found something really, really cool in the Blood Horse. Steve Haskin, incredible rider, talked about Derby Dynamics. says, this final Derby column before departing for Louisville is more of a potpourri of thoughts, scenarios, angle, trivia, and a touch of nonsense. And here it goes, per Steve Haskin. Dunkirk has a double whammy to overcome, including the mother of all whammies, the dreaded Apollo, curse of never having raced as a two-year-old. The other, only three career starts, was shattered by Big Brown last year after 93 years. This year's field, however, is much more talented and deeper from top to bottom. It's ironic that the three, car, three career start whammy had been broken but four career starts still exist, with Exterminator in 1918 being the last to accomplish that. Quality Road lines up to take that one on. In 2006, Barbaro took care of the theory you couldn't win the Derby off a layoff more than four weeks. That hadn't been done since Needles in 1956, and now it's been done twice in the last three years off of five-week layoffs, and Hard Spun finished second in the 2007, off of a six-week layoff. The horse trying to make history this year is Frisian Fire, who comes from the same barn as Hard Spun. I think Larry Jones has the formula. Remember when you couldn't win the Derby with only two career starts as a three-year-old? Sonny's Halo, who had 11 starts at two, was the only horse to accomplish that in 61 years. Well, Street Sense and Big Brown have done it in the past two years, 86 Bold arrangement, best pal, victory, gallop, Lionheart, and closing arguments all finish second off of coming only off of two starts. Let's all remember Funny Side single-handedly destroying two other so-called curses, being a gelding since Clyde Van Dusen in 1929 in a New York bred first time in history. Remember old Funny Side? They had about a million and seven people in the picture. There have been several comments recently claiming that the Derby is a two-horse race between I Want Revenge and Quality Road based on their superior figures. But let's take a look at some possible scenarios. The big question at this point is who will be the pace factors? We know Papa Clem has early lick if they want to use it. But he came from fifth to win the Arkansas Derby. Will Godolphin run a Regal Ransom, the front-running winner of the UAE Derby? Will he be the pace setter? Will they... 
join in the dance, be the speedster? It's hard telling. For those jockeys who tend to pay little attention to Regal Ransom on the lead, remember War Emblem? Regal Ransom is a horse who earned a spectacular two thoroughgraph number in his career debut last year and had a strong foundation to fall back on. A lot of trainers, a lot of owners, they pay attention to the thoroughgraph numbers. Basically, the lower the better. The other distinct possibility of the pace of soft quality road could go to the front, and he has more natural speed than anyone in the field. And who in the right mind is going to want to take him on and pretty much kill their chances of winning? If quality win runs the Derby, here's a question. When was the last time, if ever, a father and son owned and bred different winners of the Kentucky Derby? Now, that's a pretty good question. I think that one's worth a cigar, if you can pull that one off. Edward P. Evans owns and bred Quality Road. His father, Thomas Mellon Evans, owned and bred the 1981 Derby winner Pleasant Colony. If it hasn't been done, it's been a very long time. Well, it is time to head out to our first break. When we return, we're going to be talking with this week's special guest, man of 5,000 wins, the king of Chicago, the kid man, Mark Gidry. So stay tuned for more Winning Ponies. And I buy the bar, double round the crown, and everybody's getting down in this town. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Duty, freedom, country, family. They're the values that make America strong and what our armed forces are fighting to defend. While many talk about these ideals without action, they are just empty words. If you think America's military families deserve more, log on to thanksusa.org. It's a great way to thank our troops and give military families the gift of education. Thanksusa.org. Scholarships for America's military families. You can make a difference. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. Welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thanks for joining us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. 
talking about the great sport of kings, and I mean the sport of kings, is during this segment where Winning Ponies is honored to have our special guest of the week. And Winning Ponies is honored to have on the King of Chicago Racing, George Wolf Award winner, the Gid Man, Mr. Mark Gidry. How you doing, Mark? Good, Mr. Meyer. How are you doing this evening? Ah, call me Ed. I feel like my dad when you say Mr. Meyer, sir. How you doing, my friend? Good, good, sir. Very good. Mark, uh, I've been following your career for quite some time, which means uh, I'm about the same age as you, I guess. Could you tell our listeners a little bit of how you got started in racing? Well, you know, they had a lot of farms, uh, you know, around here and, uh, you know, a lot of race uh, quarter horse trainers and... um, so, you know, I mean, they'll just live like an eighth of a mile, a quarter of a mile from my house. And, uh, you know, I just got into it at a young age, you know, just just enjoyed riding horse. I didn't have no bike. So, you know, that's all I had was a little shelling pony at four. So, you know, <laughs> just was kind of raised with it, you know. You know, at age nine, you were riding bush tracks. Now, you know, a lot of people, they don't understand when you talk about bush tracks. In Louisiana, that's where you were reared. Tell us about what kind of racing the bush track circuits are about. Well, racetrack circuit—I mean, anything goes. You know, I mean, it's—it uh, was a—you uh, know—it's all Sunday afternoons. You know, we just kind of everybody just kind of—you know—they ate the pork chop sandwiches and just relaxed and uh, match races upon themselves. You know, against each other, and uh, you know, just—you know—then we just you know rode them and had a good time doing it. It was just—it was just part of it. You know, I wish that I had the opportunity to go back and uh, see a man like yourself, as many others, uh, the Borks, Sellers, uh, Robbie Alvarado. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Uh, Eddie Delahousse, people that came from Louisiana and rode on the Bush Circus. Do you think this has made them better riders in time? Well, yes, sir. I mean, because it's, uh, you know, we knew how to basically, you know, kind of gather horses together, you know, when, the, you know, when we started when we had the bug, you know, we didn't have to learn to, to do it because we already had an idea on what to do, you know. So it, it helped us tremendously, you know, at the at the beginning of our career. 16 years old, you tagged down your first winner, I believe, at Delta Downs. Is that correct? Uh, no, sir. The band's in Downs on a horse by the name of Temperamental Tom. Ha, ha, ha. I love it. You yeah. know what? I love when I'm corrected. Evangeline Downs and Delta. That, first off, that's a bull ring, isn't it? Well, Evangeline, well, they both were bull rings, you know, but Delta's a bull ring, too. But at the time, Evangeline was a bull ring also. Wouldn't you like to be riding at Evangeline and Delta now with the slot money in place? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be a lot <laughs> different. You know, I mean, we run for $1,300 purse, you know. Now that $1,300 purse, you don't hear about it. You know, so it would have been nice. It would have been nice, but I wouldn't have changed nothing. Heck no. You would have ridden the same way for 1300 or 13 million. And as I, as I watched you ride in Chicago, you always gave it your best, uh, best effort no matter what you were aboard, who you were aboard, or, or where you were at. Mark, who helped you get started in your career the most? Uh, they got so many people that, you know, um, you know, that, you know, that contributed to it, you know, and to just, uh, pick out one, you know, it'd be, it'd be hard because it was all major factors, you know, in, 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 in racing, you know, so it'd be kind of unfair to, you know, just to even say anybody's name because uh, there's so many people. You know, that's the mark of a gentleman. You, you If you can't name them all, you're not going to name none. And I, and I respect that completely, sir. 
1986, I believe you moved your tack to Fairmount, if I have the date correct there. Yes, sir. Yes, Tell sir. us how you became the king of Chicago. Well, I mean, I don't know about the king of Chicago, but Chicago was real good to us. You know, we we got real lucky and was real fortunate to, to ride the right horse, you know. Had a good team. My agent was a great guy, Dennis Cooper. You know, he contributed a lot to it, you know. But the Chicago, they just kind of, you know, I mean, they... I rode hard, and you know they seemed to appreciate, it and we all we all got along great. I love Chicago till this day. I love it. When I mentioned the King of Chicago, only two riding titles at Arlington Park: seven at Hawthorne and nine at Sportsman. Am I correct in those numbers? Yes, sir. That's. that's, that's <laughs> I, I'd say that's pretty much the King of Chicago. Yeah. You, you put well, the angle on everybody there, my friend. Well, we had a good time. I just was real fortunate. I'll tell you what, fortunate and, and hard work, it definitely pays off. Uh, being, I, I've always heard the, uh, the luckier I get is uh, based on the harder I work. And uh, for you, uh, I always saw you riding in the, some of the winters in Chicago could be pretty brutal. Oh, yes, sir, they were. They were. But, I mean, they, they, they got it down. You know, you go straight to the gates, you know. But, you know, I, you got to do what you got to do, you know. It's just, it's just part of the game, you know. You were inducted, I believe, in the Hall of Fame of Hawthorne in 97 and awarded the George Wolf Award in 2006. These must have been quite an honor from a Cajun-born rider coming a long way from home. Oh, yes, sir. It's very humbling. Very, very humbling. The Wolf Award was, you know, I mean, uh, that Hawthorne Hall of Fame, that's great. And, I mean, I love them for doing that, but the Wolf Award was, was you know, it was real special because it comes from the peers, you know, so... Um, I enjoyed that. That was probably that is probably the highlight of my career, you know, as far as being a, a human being. So that was good. I enjoyed that. The Wolf Award, not based on, you know, how many winners you ride, how much money accumulate. Everyone can say that uh, money doesn't matter or, or uh, you know, the amount of races, but the George Wolf Award is specifically for a person on and off the track. And I have to say, I've known some people that worked up in the Chicagoland area, and they spoke nothing but highly of you. And it just seems like yesterday, stepping onto the scales, uh, cashing many tickets. If you were on the scales, we knew what that meant. And uh, you'd always see that bright smile and that, uh, that little wispy mustache, and uh, you'd see the smiling face. I, I don't think I ever saw you unhappy a day at the track, no matter where you finished. Well, I didn't have no reason to be unhappy, you know what I mean? It was... Uh... It was great, man. You just rode them hard and wished them well, you know, did the best you can with what you had. And uh, it was great. It was a great feeling. Well, you use your God-given uh, talent to the to the fullest of its abilities. Mark, could you tell our listeners what you've been doing since hanging up your tack? Well, I um, I started training. I think the first um, horse I run was in, uh, I don't know, May of uh, last year. And uh, kind of got real lucky and win with the first one I I ran, and so now I got a string of twenty two. And I thought it was easy at the time, but it's it's hard to win a horse race. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> well, it's a little different than being on their back for you, isn't it? Oh yes, sir, it is. But it's uh it's great though. I mean, I'm having a good time with it. You know, still getting on horses. I'm very active. Um, you know, it's a big learning process, but. You know, we come along. You know, I have to ask you the million-dollar question. As a competitor, I know this is pretty close to your heart because I've seen you ride so many races. 
if you could call at any name for Kentucky Derby 135, who would be your mount? Well, I would have to. Uh, I want. I want revenge for Jeff Mullins. I would. That would be my my pick of it. I think that's a very very nice horse. And uh, he got when he ran in the wood, he could have got beat. I mean, and uh, he was very explosive. So, you know, the distance not going to bother him. I like him, and I I, I the whole Jeff can win win the uh, win the Derby. Fellow young Cajun Joe Talamo, what do you think of his uh, his abilities? Well, Joe Talamo, I mean, rode a very smart race, you know, in, in the wood. I mean, he his horse, you know, hopped away from there. He was very, very patient. He got in a little jackpot right before the eight pole, and he, you know, he, he held his composure and then made it through. And once he did, gave his horse a clear trip. He, the horse just exploded, you know, and that's, and, uh, but he rode a, he rode a great race. He rode a great race. Very patient. In fact, for his age, and for any age, he rode like a 25-year veteran. I think this young guy, uh, the good Lord willing, I think his, uh, his skills are going to carry him far. Mark, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for taking time to join us and speak with our listeners. I know they were related to hear from you. And good right. luck in everything you do, and hopefully we'll be seeing you in the winter circle a whole lot more. All right, Edward, I thank you very much for the opportunity, bud. Mark, have a great evening. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. You too. That, that's been the good man, King of Chicago. He was a little modest there. King of Chicago, this guy, he was as tough as a nickel steak. Let me run across last week's biggins to kind of get you caught up how Winning Ponies is doing. Friday, April 17th, 85 total biggins. Remington Park topping the scales. Race number 10, a superfecta, $8,000 and 506. $8,506.40 to be exact. You can't forget the 506.40. And then we go on to Saturday, April 18th, 133 total biggins. Finger Lakes knocks them out. Race number five, a Superfecta box, $44,318 even. Incredible. The next below that was Will Rogers Downs. Race 10, a Superfecta, $8,413.20. Incredible day on April 18th on a Saturday. That's good in anybody's book. Sunday, April 19th, 89 total bingots. Keelan. Race number five, a trifecta key, 2,740-220. Right behind was Emerald Downs. Race is seven through ten, a pick four, 2,349-20. Then Tampa Bay Downs, race four. Superfecta key, 2,318-60. Not a bad day at the office. Monday, April 20th, 37 total. Biggins topping the charts. Seventh race of Beulah, super key. $3,407.80. Can't forget that. you got to leave that and a whole lot more with the teller. And then we go into Tuesday, April 21st, 61 total biggins. Indiana Downs Race 3, a Superfecta Key, 5674.20. Right behind that, Sunland Park Race 11, Superfecta, 4,5, Wednesday, April 22nd, 21 total biggins. Topping the charts, Mark Gidry's Evangeline Downs. Race number nine, a Superfecta, 10,771.40. Incredible action there. And Thursday, today, April 23rd, 26 total biggins. Topping the charts is Pimlico. Race number nine, a super high five, 7,385.20.
Those are some pretty incredible numbers. Incredible indeed. I'm going to run down the graded stakes, and I'm going to tell you who's in the top 20. Regal Ransom, Pioneer of the Nile, Square Eddie, I Want Revenge, Papa Clem, Desert Party, Quality Road, General Quarters, Frisian Fire, Musket Man, Hold Me Back, Westside Bernie, Chocolate Candy, Win Willie, Advice, Dunkirk, Mind That Bird, Flying Private, Mr. Hot Stuff, and Summer Bird are all in the top 20 for Kentucky Derby 135. Well, it is time to head to a break. When we return, we're going to be talking to our good friend, Dan, the man. I call him Dangerous Dan because he can light up the board. So stay tuned if you want some winners here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then, time passes, and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine, and the next. Your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg. Sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately. Because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winnie Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for joining us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Here, talking about the sport of kings. Just finish up with Mark Gittery, king of Chicago. 
Now we're going to talk of a king of handicapping. That is Dangerous Dan. Good evening, Dan. How you doing? The king got crowned last weekend. Well, you know what? That happens sometimes, and uh, you know it, it happens to the best of us. Doesn't happen to me very often. Yeah, I think it did happen to you <laughs> last week as well. <laughs> but you know what? The best part about it is we got a whole new docket to swing at. That's right. That's and you know that that is the best part. Did you tune in and catch any Mark Yedry? Oh yeah, oh, Mark's great. Um, he is a southern gentleman, isn't he? Yeah, he is very. He's his. You got the keyword there, gentleman. He he's uh, very polite and uh, and uh, he had a heck of a career. And I, I hope he it takes off. I, I do understand he's training right now. I, I do believe he's uh, going to go to Stewart School. Yes, in fact, he is. Uh, he's 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 kind of a throwback to the way when you heard him call me Mister Meyer. And and you heard all of that uh, that that no matter in Louisiana they usually call you Mister and by your first name no matter how old you are and I'll tell you what as soon as I heard that I, I knew that uh, we had ourselves on a Southern Cajun gentleman and uh, and he, he kind of ducked it out a little bit about being the king of Chicago but this guy was as tough as a nickel steak Danny yeah and he and he's uh he's doing okay uh, I like what he said when he said it's hard to win. <laughs> and I got a kick out of that because uh, it's a different perspective from training them to riding them. Oh my goodness! I mean, this guy was as tough as the day is long. Riding in the Chicago winters was brutal as all get out, and you know, you know, he didn't complain whatsoever. I mean, if it's uh, twenty degrees where you're at, twenty degrees up there feels like minus twenty. You know, he bundled up, and you'd always see that big smile and that little wispy mustache, and. He had the biggest smile known to man, and and this guy could just flat out horseback. I mean, when you're riding at Sportsman's, when they were open, I mean, that was doing something because the outer outer rail was banked, Danny. It was kind of like NASCAR. You kind of go up and come back down. And then Hawthorne and Arlington, I mean, you know the riders at Arlington back in the day. There were no slouches. I mean, this guy was, he, he was, I'll tell you what, he wasn't sparkling like a Chris McCarron or a Pate or even... You know, riveting like a Chantel Sutherland. But I'll tell you what, you got the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Agreed? Agreed. Dan, before you kick it off, I'm going to throw one out to you. Oh, great. <laughs> You're supposed to say, well, thank you, Ed. May I have another? The six of Keeneland tomorrow. They're going to go four and a half furlongs. And this is one I'm going to say bet with both hands, bet early and bet often. The seven rising barometer, Wesley Ward, who's actually winning 27%, 15 starts, 4 wins. He's got himself a two-year-old filly here by Indian Ocean, Dan. Broke slowly and steady and finished sixth as a heavily bet, almost 3-to-1 choice in there. But Gogo can get them just where they need to be. Actually had a blistering gate work at a 36 flat from the gate going three furlongs at Gallstream before making her way to the polytrack. And sometimes the babies need a little extra time. But I love rising barometer tomorrow in the sixth race. Four to one, Garrett Gomez, Wesley Ward. And Wesley Ward was actually one heck of a rider back in the day. I'm going to talk about 1983-84. Wesley Ward, I don't mean to put a date on him, but this guy, can he can flat out uh, get him ready for the races. Dan, speaking about getting ready for the races, what do you have for us this week? I got uh, I got uh, about six races, and I'm going to give you a bonus play. Six races? Our, I love it. Part River Downs um, in the uh, second race. Let me give you the River Downs for us first, Ed. Lay it on me. 
in the second race tomorrow at River, take a look at the two, Navajo Cavern, uh, the six-year-old mare by Lion Cavern, by a marshalless dancer, dancer mare, uh, trained by Art Zeiss, ridden by Otto Thorworth. The horse just finished, she just finished third at Turfway, um, coming from off the pace a little bit. I think she stands out huge tomorrow at River, and you might get five to two, three to one. If you get that, bet her with both hands and uh, take your money, go to the window and get your money. Fair enough. Uh, dropping from 5000 to 4000 run a very nice third indeed on the poly track. I usually like to wait two off of the poly, but this girl has actually run on the main track, eight for 16 in the money on the River Downs main track. And it's a six-year-old mare. Uh, it really looks good by Lion Karen Dan. I think you might have something here. Uh, and, I, and I think Otto Thorworth, who's off to a very nice start at the river, I think uh, for Artie Zeiss, I think Navajo Canyon, uh, if you get three to one, I think better only bet often. Yeah, yeah, if you get that, I, I, would, I would crush that horse. But I'm going to go out to California now, Ed. So you're a California man, are you, Dan? Yeah, well, I, I, I basically handicap what you tell me to. <laughs> you know, Dan, you're supposed to uh, you're supposed you to look on it as, as, as you know two friends talking about the sport of kings. Light it up for me, my boy. The sixth race at Hollywood on Saturday is the Mel Air Stakes. Two hundred thousand dollars for Phillies three-year-old bred in California. I've never been to California, but I'm going to tell you about the breeding here. Um, and this, I love ten crows. <laughs> Ten Crows, trained by Bob Baffert, ridden by Mike Smith, the three-year-old filly by High Bright out of Miss Wacky Mare. Um, the horse has uh, been beaten by Bel- Belton, who's probably going to go off the favorite with uh, Joel Rosario in, in the irons. But if you look back, he's, this horse is two for three in the money in Hollywood, two for two in the money at the distance. It's Mike Smith. Uh, coming off a little three-month layoff, seems to run, one, run well fresh. I'm going to give this horse a shot to take it all. Might get three or four to one on him, or on her, and uh, Bob Baffert, you know he's going to have him ready, have her ready. Well, you know, Bob Baffert brings every every charge ready to the paddock. That you can always bet on because he's under such a scrutinous eye because every every part of the betting, uh, betting public is watching Bob Baffert. I'm going to go with Beltine in there, uh, Danny Boy, Joel Rosario for Jack Carava. But, you know, the real reason I'm pushing on this, this is a cowbred race, as you touched on, and the last time that she actually, this daughter of unusual heat, who's also one for one in Hollywood with a win, was heavily bet last time out in the grade three at, at, at Santa Anita going six and a half. We're going to go back to a mile and a 16th. And I think this girl needs to be back in against Calbreds. Take a look at the last two races against Calbreds and Beltine, a very nice filly, actually. Just smoke them both up by a head at six furlongs, wins by two and breaks her maiden against, you know, uh, maiden claiming uh, cowbreds. And yes, I have been to California, Dan. And I'll tell you what, it's it's like Kentucky, Ohio, Illinois. Uh, you know, there, there are state breads anywhere, and I think that you know you can't overlook. And uh, it, these horses don't know where they're actually from. And and I don't think you know neither one of our picks is actually going to say, well, hey, I'm only from California. So, you know, I'm just going to, you know, phone it in today. But I actually like uh, Beltine. Five starts, three of those wins on the all-weather, one-for-one at Hollywood. And with his trainer, Joel Rosario and Jack Carava, winning 
47 percent of the money. I think with all the speed in here, especially with 10 churros, blistering speed there, I think Beltine comes and picks them up late in the lane. Well, and, the one thing here, yes, 10 sir? churros is better routing. Oh, I agree. Beltine shows one route, and it wasn't a San Diego because the starting bound did win the race. Win the race. But, uh, look, I think the key to 10 churros is she's a better router than she is a sprinter, and they're going a distance to ground them are. That's why I give her the edge. Agreed, Danny boy. Agreed. I think uh, why ask a horse to do something that she hasn't already done before? Mm-hmm. Where do we go to from here? Go to the seventh at Hollywood Park. It's his now. Stakes hundred fifty thousand for four year olds and upwards. Bred in California. Um, so let's go to. Let me find him here. All the way to Stella Mark, the nine horse. JoJo Talamo for Ted West. Three five year old gelding my benchmark. I have a deputy minister mare. Horse has has been. Been uh, running in a last time he ran was in May of '08, coming off 11 month layoff. Well, horse ones, horse ones runs well fresh. Uh, was uh, previously was claimed by from Doug O'Neill back in I believe it was January of '08. Mm-hmm. Horse seems to run well fresh. Three for four at the distance. Three wins. Two for four. Hollywood Park. JoJo Talamo and Ted West will have this horse ready. I agree with you. Uh, Ted West is kind of an underrated trainer with all the trainers out there. You know, there, there are some guys like Ted West who fly under the radar. I'm going to go with big, bad Leroy Brown, Mike Smith for Donna Warren. Four starts at Hollywood Park, a win, two seconds, and a third. That means four for four in the money. All weather, nine for 12 in the money. We're going to go seven and a half furlongs where this Five-year-old gray horse by Wild again is two for three at the distance, Danny boy. And also, here's the selling point for me. Turf to all weather. Donald Warren wins 20% of the time, 60% in the money. I love big, bad Leroy Brown. Take a look at way back at December 22nd, 07 Hollywood Park, seven and a half panels. And... Tyler Bays was all out after altering course at the eighth pole. Can, can we box these two up, do you think? Oh, sure. I mean, is there anybody else that we can throw in there? Because, I mean, this is a cowbred race, as you alluded to. And, you know, is there anybody like Italian rules that we can throw in there, third off of a layoff? I, I tell you, a horse you can throw in is probably uh, rain gear. Um, he, you're going to get a price on him. Uh, just ran... In a hundred twenty-five thousand dollar race against Librian, against uh, Librian, let me pronounce it right. <laughs> Librian, you got it, you got it. Anywhere, um, but he was fourth by two that day, and and didn't disgrace himself in nine to one. This horse should improve. This is his fourth start off the layoff. Danny boy, would you like to hang on for the last and final furlong? I will hang on, Ed. Dan, we'd love to have you. It is time to head into a break. When we return, we're going to finish up with the final furlong here on Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and I got Danger Stan on the line. And if you want some winners, you better stay tuned to Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then... Time passes, and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine, and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because, after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host ed meyer got a tip for us need a tip from us if you want to talk with ed or his guests the phone lines are now open toll free at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com now back to winning ponies with ed meyer if i had a welcome back to winning ponies i'm ed meyer and thank you for joining us for the final furlong We've had the Gid Man, Mark Gidry, as our special guest. We talked about the recap in racing. We've started handicapping with Dangerous Dan in Final Furlong. We are going to continue. Dangerous, are you there? I am here, Ed. I love to hear it. Where do we go from here, me boy? Go out to the 8th at Santa Anita for Saturday. The... You know, you know, you, you said that with a little hesitation, but there's some fine cowbred racing. I, I mean, that. after all, they are running at Hollywood Park. I love cowbred racing. The 8th at Hollywood. Yeah, let's change that over from Santa Anita, Hollywood. I'm working too much. Okay, anyway, 8th at uh, Hollywood is the Mile and 8th Khaled 150K, which is $150,000 TVG Khaled Stakes. Purse is $150,000 for four-year-olds and upwards, which must have a name Dan cannot pronounce. Um, I love the five here. Medzen Decron with Go- Garrett Gomez in the irons for Barry Abrams. Uh, if you look at the running lines on this uh, gelding head, the last two times that Gomez rode him, he won, and he's only rode him twice on these lines. Um, very nice um, six-year-old gelding by Unusual Heat by Cozine Mare. Coming uh, out of the Sen... I don't even know. I can't even pronounce that either. Sensol something handicap. Anyway, again ran against the Liberian fighter, and coming that's, out of that race was that's that's thing. the important part there, Dan. Against Librarian Freighter, I mean, uh, you know, one hundred twenty-five thousand is one hundred twenty-five thousand. That's pretty much it, yeah. And but, uh, and you were saying the horse is uh, two for four at Hollywood. Um, 
and seems to like the turf course. And three wins on the turf out 12 starts. You get Gomez for Barry Abrams. It's going to be hard not to uh, keep this one off the board. It's going to be hard to keep this one off the board, Ed. I'm going to say ditto. Meds and Decron, Garrett Gomez for Barry Abrams. Last 60 days, they've been winning 40% together, 60% of the money. On the turf, Go Go Gomez is a 20% winner and 51% in the money. And if you're going to go turf starts, Barry Abrams wins 12%, 37% in the money. Sprint from six and a half furlongs to a route. He's 40 46% in the money, excuse me. Two for four in the money at Hollywood Park and six for 12 over the turf going. As you can tell, I was prepared with a six-year-old yelling by unusual heat. I think he may like the turf. I think Gomez knows the six-year-old yelling, and I think it may be lights out. Meds and Decron, your next appearance is in the winner's circle. Where do we go from here, Danny boy? Go out to the ninth at, at Hollywood Park, and we're going to go to the Snow Chief, a mile and eighth. Purse is $250,000 for three-year-olds bred in California. I'm going to take a shot here. Um, the, there's, there's a lot of jockeys jumping from horse to horse here. I'm going to go with the six here, Feisty Suances. Feisty Suances has ran his last two races against Pioneer the Nile, Chocolate Candy, and he he has not run bad. Uh, two back was second to Pioneer the Nile. The, ran in the Santa Anita Derby last time out and was fifth, but was right there at the top of the stretch when uh, Pioneer the Nile just went right by. There's no Pioneer of the Nile in this race. This is a state-bred race. This horse should walk away with it. The only thing I'm concerned about is um, Bayerano, Espinoza was riding the one, triumphant flight. Now, Bayerano is riding this horse. This horse does not look bad. One is San Miguel. Uh, it looks like it's a two-horse race in my eyes. It's a six and a one. Uh, you could box them up, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's a one, one either. You know, you know that's a very good point. Uh, Feisty Suance is three off of a layoff, and you know that's one of my favorite angles actually to play. Uh, this three-year-old call by Suance is to run against the Cowbreds uh, three times a second, a win, and a win. One for one in Hollywood Park, five for seven in the money on the all-weather, and exits the Santa Anita Derby against Pioneer. They're now Chocolate Candy and Mr. Hot Stuff, all going Derby bound, Danny boy. I, I think this three-year-old Colt it has a lot of speed. And a mile and an eighth back to a mile and a eighth might just set up very nicely. And the best part about it is $250,000 in the Snow Chief might be a nice payday for this colt. So I'm just going to say ditto, me boy. Where do we head from here, Danny? Let's go to New York. The ninth at Aqueduct is the a mile, the one mile withers, grade three for three-year-olds. Uh, a lot of people are going to bet this one's for Phil. Um, I'm not. I'm going to take a shot with the seven here, just a coincidence. Just a coincidence, lost to I Want Revenge by two lengths in the Wood Memorial, had the lead, top of the stretch, and we all know that I Want Revenge had a t- trouble trip, split horses, and, and just one. You heard what Gidry said. If he, he had to ride one horse, this would be uh, I Want Revenge would be the horse. Uh, love this, just a coincidence. This one's for Phil. Got the win via DQ over Big Drama. I think Big Drama's a better horse. It was kind of a shame that that race had to be run that way. Um, don't really care for Richard Dutro, which you know, but I don't have nothing against the horse. I do like Just a Coincidence. So. You know, I, I like your run here uh, on this three-year-old Colt by Forestry. A middle move, which is another one of my big playbacks. A mile and an eighth to a straight mile in the grade three withers from a grade one 
Wood Memorial. Uh, I want revenge. West Side Burning and just a coincidence. I mean, three real nice runners in the making there, Dan. I'm going to go to the Supreme Summit. A Barco for Doug O'Neill. You've heard of Doug O'Neill before, and I believe this is a Cactus Ridge cult. And if they're running on Polly, I think it would have probably made a big difference for you. But I'm going to go Supreme Summit and go three in a row here. I say this Cactus Ridge cult transfers his effort to the aqueduct surface. Danny, where do we finish up at? You see where that horse won his last two at, don't you? Oh, yes, I do. On the all-weather, okay. Yes, all I right, do. And, and, and as you always point out, Cactus Ridge runners are very nice Let's on the all-weather surface. Where we'll be later this week, Ed. The Churchill Downs, we'll go to the 10th. It's a seven-and-a-half furlong derby trial, grade three for, for uh, three-year-olds. Um, there's a, this is a pretty nice little field in this race. I know you're probably going to take Hall because he was scratched last week. I'm going to go with Santana 6, the 5 here. Uh, Nick Zito, 3-year-old colt by Hold That Tiger, written by Johnny V. Uh, Johnny Velasquez. Uh, nice work at Churchill, 4-48-2 and on April 16th. Was the second best work out of 33 horses. Was off slow in his money allowance at Gulfstream and drew clear. The only, the only time this horse lost, he lost to Dunkirk. I think this horse sticks out at you know, I'm still going to play Hall. And uh, it, it's a three-year-old colt that has a lot of speed. They're going to go from six and a half to seven, uh, seven and a half furlongs, the Derby Trail uh, distance of grade three, second off of a layoff fairgrounds, Turfway Park on the Poly. Hall is two for two and scratched out of the Coolmore Lexington, was actually out of the 12-hole. Maybe, maybe Dale Romans did like the 12-hole. Miguel Mena, it's hard to slight this colt, Dan. April 21st at Churchill Downs, 1 for 36. The best work of the day at Bullet, 47 and 3. And you know there's some real bears down there as well. It's a nice real cold by Holy Bull. 2 for 2's got me all psyched up here. All weather to the dirt. Romans wins 14%, 45% in the money. And Miguel Mena, as you well know, is definitely a factor to be reckoned with. I'm going to still go with Hall. Post position 7. Sure beats post position twelve at Keeneland, and uh, you know what? They may be uh, they may be trying to sneak in the back door with the Derby Trail. They may be heading for the Preakness. Who knows? Yeah, a lot of people use this race as a Preakness prep, and I, I agree. I agree with completely there with you, and I and I think that Hall runs a very big race. Danny, I want to ask you something. I'm going to give you a nickel question here. All right, you get five. You get five riders in in the top five. Who are they as far as earnings, money? Et cetera wins. Uh, you want me to name the top five? Yep. Give me a try here. I'm gonna. I'll give you a guess here. I'll go. Garrett Gomez, Rafael Bayrano, Jillian Lefero. Probably uh, throw. Uh, let's throw uh, Johnny V in there, and let's also go with. Uh, let's go with Prado. Ooh, you were four for five. How about Ramon Dominguez? Not bad, Danny boy. Not bad at all. Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. The winning ponies would like to thank our special guest, Mr. Mark Gittery, the Gidman, the King of Chicago, and as always, Dangerous Dan, and you for tuning in each and every week. Next week, we're going to be handicapping the entire Oaks and Kentucky Derby cards and plotting out a winning path for Kentucky Derby 135. Until next week, may all your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck, everyone.
Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.